Hi guys, Candace here. So glad to get to spend a little bit of time with you today on The Good Day. Here, we'll focus on finding grace in our ordinary days. We'll learn good days don't just happen. And even more, a good life doesn't just happen. There's a choice involved. Join me as we learn how to develop the discipline and cultivate a heart that seeks strength, joy, and peace and finds rest in the good day, one day at a time. Today we have Gay Lynn Force joining us and we are so glad you're here. So go ahead and tell us just a little bit about yourself and what life is like in Minnesota for you. Well, thank you, Candace. Life is good and God is faithful, I would say. So if there was one theme that I would go to throughout my life, I would say it is that God always shows up. I grew up in a small Midwestern town in Northwestern Minnesota and farming community. We learned to work hard. We learned that we have to get it done. And that has stayed with me also. Um, I grew up with two sisters, but my parents had seven children. So um, I lost three brothers and a sister when they were very young or little toddler age. So this whole theme of God is faithful, I learned from watching my parents um, at a very young age. But I, I've had a wonderful experience and successful experience in corporate America, leading in nonprofits and human resources. And now I have my um, speaking and writing business, which I love. And in Minnesota, it's we never know what the weather is going to be like, but I love it here. Yes. I need to have more conversations about farm life because I am just getting into that. <laughs> the man that I'm married, his family they farm. And so I'm learning a lot about that and definitely learning all the hard work that goes into that sun up, sun down life. So. Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. I love the farming life. Yes. Many, many stories in the Bible, you know, take place that we learn from farming and reaping and all of that. So yes. oh, wonderful. Yes. yes. No, I'm definitely, I already see that just being able to be a part of Harvest a few times already and learning, like, oh, that's what the Bible is talking about, <laughs> separating the path from, the, you know, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to be learning so much more, so. It's yes. Great. But I am so glad that you're stepping into writing and speaking because I always appreciate an author who is just, they have a good sense of humor, and you are Ooh. so witty. You really are. You are quick with it. And one of the first quotes I've read of yours, I'm going to read it so I don't mess it up, but you said, getting your ducks in a row isn't possible. If you can find them, consider it a win. In the same <laughs> pool, buy yourself some ice cream and celebrate. And that is so true. It made me laugh out loud because, you know, for my life, when I'm not writing and speaking, I'm serving as a project manager. And so my days are truly centered around getting my ducks in a row. And a lot of times they're not even my own ducks. <laughs> I'm getting everyone <laughs> in a row and it's just nonstop. Um, but, you know, last time we were chatting, you were telling me a little bit more about why you wrote this book. And so I, and even just as a child, feeling that need to want to mm -hmm. keep your ducks in a row. And so... Mm -hmm. I would love for, if you could share with us, because I'm sure that there's someone listening, whether, you know, driving or on a walk or doing the dishes, doing something, and they've kind of felt the same need to have their ducks in a row. So I think they can learn from your experience more. Well, I, like you said, Candace, we just, 
I just don't think we can get our ducks in a row. Like you said, they they move the pond, you know, or one one duck decides he's going to just go off on his own. We just we just can't do that. But we seem to keep striving to um, we keep striving to get to something. And part of that for me comes from farming, you know, farm girl and um, and also wanting to make sure I didn't disappoint my parents because they'd had so much disappointment in my young life. But I wanted to make sure that I just keep moving towards something. And you know what? Sometimes we just have to stop striving. There are some things we cannot fix. There are some things that we just we just can't do. We, we can't get there. Um, one quick story. When a few years ago, I took tap dance lessons as an adult with eight other growing middle-aged women. And I tell you, it was a blast. We had, and of course we had a big recital at the end and it was in a big gymnasium. We were the only adult class. All the rest were cute little girls in their tutus, you know, and all the parents, everyone was taking pictures, but we had our top hats and our purple cummerbunds and our canes and our leotards. I tell you, we had practiced the Casey and the Sunshine Band, you know, keep it coming, love, until the cows came home. We were, we were just there. But when we got up on stage, we had one chance to rehearse it. They, the music was faster than we'd ever practiced. And we were mortified because we couldn't keep up with it. But, and then it came time for us to dance and the same thing happened. The music was just so fast, but our muscle memory took over and we just did it. We all stayed in sync, but it was way behind the music. When we got done, we were so proud of ourselves. We were high-fiving and our teacher was just mortified. And I think the people were wondering, what on earth is the matter with you women that you could not hear the music? But we had fun, but you know, it was one of those experiences. We just kept going, but we couldn't fix it. We couldn't, we couldn't make it right. And I think sometimes there are, we strive in some of those fun times like that, but there are other times when we keep trying to strive and fix because we want to control and we can't. And that's when we have to just say, Lord Jesus, would you just step in here and take this moment and take this day? We have to stop that trying to fix the situations and give up control and say, Jesus, this is yours. So that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. I needed to stop striving. Yeah. Well, and it, it is, it's that whole element of control and I'm learning how powerful that pull is in our, in my life, especially in learning how to let go and how simple it is to just say, help me, Jesus. But that's right. really where the surrender is in that moment. And sometimes it's audible. Sometimes it's just your spirit just looking up and saying, help me help me in this, but just recognizing that in that moment, it really does bring this wave of peace of like, oh, I don't have to do this. <laughs> well, and that, that so connects, I think, Candace, with what you keep telling us in your podcast and on Instagram and in your writings, that we have to appreciate the day rather than getting so fixated on what we can or cannot control, but we've got to focus on, we've got to focus on today. Mm-hmm. Right. And this right here, this is what God's put before me. This is my yes. spread. I don't have to worry about everything else because it's not in front of me. Right here in front of me is what I focus on. So, Right. If I could just share one other quick story. For many years, I, I was in human resources mm -hmm. and I interviewed people a lot. I, I was a recruiter and that was how I spent most of my day. And one day I was interviewing a young guy for a job in this big corporation and during the interview, I woke up 
I had fallen asleep during the interview and I woke up, but I was still talking. I was still asking him questions. So somewhere between tell me a little bit about yourself and tell me about a time when I decided to go to sleep. But I remember waking up and I thought, okay, Gay, just don't think about, don't think about what you're talking Just keep going with it. But I, I, I had a bad cold and it must have been the cold medicine and it probably wasn't very long. I don't even know if he noticed. But I remember that day. And then a few years ago, I had um, what they call... Um, transient global amnesia for a day. So I literally lost a day. And those incidents come back to me often when I think I don't want to miss today. I want to start noticing, which is something you also talk about. I want to notice and be aware of what this day brings, even in all its messiness and the hard. It doesn't discount the hard, but it helps us remember there is something, something good in this day. Yes. So that's another reason I wrote the book. Yes, and waking up. I remember reading that story in your book, and I was just blown away by that. Um, <laughs> it made me laugh because I've never been one that can, like, sleep, you know, sitting up or anything. I've always been curious how that can happen. But my sister, we have a picture of her when she was – I was really too little to be in it, but they just – my brother and sister had gone Halloween trick-or-treating, and she had a sucker in her mouth, and she was asleep standing up. <laughs> they, they said that she was always asleep. Like, she'd fall asleep standing up, and they had to, like, run and catch her before she fell down. <laughs> but it is that idea, like you shared, of just waking up to realize God's presence and his power in our midst. That yes. there's so much we miss because we're just not aware and right. noticing and looking for them, we'll find what we look for. And if we look for negativity, well, we're going to find that. If we look for him, we're going to find it too. And so I, I love that. And I love just the transparency and the realness of your stories. I mean, that is truly what your book is. It's one story after another of how we can build our faith. It yes. Very Thank you. Yes. So I do want to touch on, because I... Last time we were chatting, you were telling me a little bit more about how you've had a season of caregiving for your mom. And we're in this series right now, Honoring Mothers. And I know that there's a lot of listeners who are in this season right now, or even they see this up on the horizon, that they know that this is coming and it can be overwhelming um, to, one, take care of your own ducks and keep your own mm-hmm. <laughs> house yes. going, but then also to take care of the the ducks of another, especially a loved one, when there is difficult circumstances around it. And so mm-hmm. if you would, I would love to share, if you would share your story on that. Oh, thank you. I love talking about my mom. Um, she passed away um, about two and a half years ago. And, um, and she was a woman of prayer. That is how I would describe her. And um, as I mentioned earlier, my parents lost several children. I had um, um, an older brother who died in a late miscarriage from my mom. And then my older sister died just a few months before I was born. And, and then I had two, um, I had twin brothers, younger brothers, who both died when they were um, younger. But so that's the kind of the, the backstory to my mom's story of faith. So all this sadness that they had early on in their marriage and in in raising us, my sisters and I, they never stopped believing God. They, They always were looking for answers 
for the health of my brothers and sisters, but she always kept praying. So fast forward to when she started to show signs of Alzheimer's, I had my own consulting business. I was working out of my home. And I remember the day that the social worker called, she was in a transitional care unit and they said she really needs 24 seven care and that will need to start in two days. And I thought, how do we even do this? So um, let me say to listeners out there who are looking at this is coming up, or maybe it's even with younger children that they are caregiving, God will give you what you need. God will show you the path. He will give you the resources you need if you just stay connected with him. So what my sisters and I decided is that we would we would stay with her in her home. And that was primarily me because I lived just a couple miles from her. So I set up a little card table in her living room and uh, my other sisters would come um, every week. They'd maybe come for a day or two days. And in the summer, my one sister would come more, but we would take, and we would take care of her. And it was both sacred and really, really hard, especially as the Alzheimer's progressed. I was interviewing candidates from this little card table and I'd be facing her in the living room and I would tell her, I'm gonna be on the phone for a half hour and then I will get right back to you. And I would leave it so she could see that I was on the phone. But so often I'd be interviewing a candidate and she would just yell out at me, gay, I gotta go potty. (laughs) No, not now. And when she's got to go, she's got to go and she can't get up on her own. So anyway, so we went, there were stories that now we look back and laugh and then there were times that were harder. But when she moved into hospice, I have to say that I saw a woman who had moved from loving Jesus on this earth to already starting to love him in the divine. She would... um, she was not awake all the time, but every once in a while she would wake up and she would ju- she'd open her eyes and she'd go, joy, joy. And I think that is the story of her life. She was always looking for the joy because she knew God would show up. So, um, and it was, she passed very peacefully. My sisters and I were there, but the caregiving was hard. It changes your life. I will also say to um, those of you who are listening, who are caregivers for parents or for younger children, or you see, maybe you're in that sandwich generation, you can only do what you can do. And you are going to make mistakes. And there will be things that you wish you would do differently after you've moved out of this season. Don't let yourself get caught up in regrets. You can only do what you can do and leave the rest up to God. These are not ducks you will ever get in a row. So stop trying. This is caregiving for someone who God loves even more than you do. So let him take care of it for you. Yeah. Now there's so much there. I love, first of all, that you described your mom as a woman of prayer. And I think that that is so powerful. And I, pray one day that that's how I'm described too. You know, I think as women, whether we are moms or we have whatever our influence and our nurture looks like, that prayer is really the key of how we are sustained, how we go forward, how um, we care um, for people. The most we can do is pray. And so to see that, see that she was seeking joy, I believe a lot of that is tied to prayer, that she was connected because prayer is just 
talking with God. And so she was connected with the source of joy. And so no wonder she found herself, even in her most desperate times, like seeking joy. I think that is just a beautiful image. And I see that I see that so fully in you. You are truly a woman of great joy and it just beams from you. Every conversation we share, you are just so cheerful and it's just so powerful to see. And I love too how you shared that it's one day at a time, that if you are in that season of caregiving one day at a time, and it made me think of how we were just talking moments before about daily bread. And I think that that's why God gives us daily bread. It's not like a, here's a year's supply. Here's a lifetime supply. Like we have to come back to him daily for what we need, for the, what he's given us. And he'll give us the grace that we need. And so that's just powerful reminders. So thank you. Yes. I've been reminded lately about, um, Psalm 118, where it says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I'm sure it's a verse, Candace, that you you know so well. What I'm reminded of is this is the day in all the hard where there is, we cannot discount the hard, whether it's cancer or financial or marital troubles or Alzheimer's, whatever it is, the hard is hard. And it takes more than a positive attitude. We can't just think our way out of it, but we can say, God, where are you in this moment? I need to know you're in this moment because what that verse reminds me of is today is not a day that God has said, okay, today's just going to kind of be on um, uh, same old, same old, because I got better things coming up tomorrow. So today is just kind of a placeholder for all the good things coming up. No, he says, this is the day. So um, we need to ask God, what is it? Where are you in this moment, in this horrible place, in this hospital room, you know, in this jail, where are you? And he will show us where he is. And sometimes it simply means he's just present. He provides us his present and or his provision. And sometimes it's just knowing that he is not left us alone. But this is the day the Lord has made. Right. That he's appointed this, even in the hard, that he is with us. Mm. That's a really good reminder. Really, really good. In your book, you do share um, just short stories, kind of like we talked about, short stories of faith. Um, and it's a book that I really love because you can keep it on your coffee table or on your bedside table and just read five minutes a day, just read a short story. And they're fun, just, I mean, truly reflection of you and um, just so fun to read, but they're always so profound. There's a nugget of truth that we can take with us and carry with us. And there was one that in particular you talked about where you said, when people see me, what do they catch a glimpse of? And that is something that has stayed with me. And I really want it to be on the forefront of my mind every day because, you know, more than representing my family name or whatever that is, that as a Christian, we're to portray Christ. And so just really thinking, and I think that's a question that we need to settle in with is how well am I doing with that? When people catch see me, what are they catching a glimpse of? Are they catching a glimpse of, how much I can run and do and get everything done and stay organized and on task, or are they seeing Jesus, you know, through it all? And even in those hard times that people are watching, they're looking to see, how are you handling this? And I think that can speak more how we're loving others, how we're handling the hard times. That speaks more of our faith 
than anything we can really say. I love that, Candace. I agree with you. I um, I go back to that um, verse, Philippians 2.15, um, you know, go out into the world and um, bring them a breath of fresh air. Give them a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Mm-hmm. And boy, if we as Christians are showing up the way I think God intends us, it is to bring that breath of fresh air, to bring that good news, to show him that I know God and I know what he can do in our lives. So come with me. Come with me. You know, Jesus was never a finger pointing God. Mm-hmm. He was an arms out, embracing, welcoming God. Eugene Peterson writes about that. And I love that picture of him. And if we can capture that, that em- arms out, embracing, come with me. Let me tell you about this Jesus I love so much. Let's give them a glimpse of the living God mm-hmm. because today matter. Yeah. I agree with you, Candace. I love that. I love that. I love that so much. And I think, too, I also just love your story of how you went tap dancing and how fun (laughs) that was. And it makes me think of this journey that I'm on to try new things and get out of my comfort zone a little bit. And so I started a YouTube channel to hold myself accountable. It's called Let's Try That. So I'm curious because you had the courage to do that. You know, what other things or maybe what do you want to do? Like what would be next for you to try just for the fun of it? Well, and you're behind the music or you stay right with it the whole time. (laughs) Well, tap dancing, but I just would love to pick that back up. If there was something else, though, that would be really brave and fun for me to do, it would be to cook. Mm. Because I'm not a, I'm not a cook. I break out in hives anytime I have to open a can of soup. And um, my mother-in-law lived with us right after my mom died. She lived with us for a couple of months while she had COVID. So I had to start cooking. But I, I learned that if I put cheese on anything, she would probably eat it. So that was good. But I would love to learn how to cook and, and not get so worried about it. Like, just just get out there and do it, Gabe. So I'm working on that. I'm working on cooking. So tapping and cooking, my two things. Yes. Something with your feet, something with your hands. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. I love it. And I just love just seeing you just go for it and so fun so you'll have to let me know if there's any fun recipes you've tried (laughs) thank you I will I will well everyone just like Gay was saying let's choose to do more than just agree with her you know let's put this mustard seed of faith that God has given us today into action like she was saying it's more than just God is that arms wide welcoming us in and he asks us to do more than just agree. He wants us to participate. He says, come with me, come participate with me. And so let's think of someone in our lives who maybe is hustling through, trying to get all their ducks in a row or maybe getting the ducks in a row for another, especially those in a season of caregiving. And let's share with them what we've learned today. The book is called Getting My Ducks in a Row. And Gay, thank you so, so much for being here today. We'll have to chat again sometime. My pleasure. Thank you, Candace. God bless you as you encourage others. Thank you. Let's find strength for the hard seasons we endure by staying connected with God through prayer. Let's seek His joy so we can rise above our circumstances and leave a legacy of joy for those in our care. May His peace be our reward and may we rest knowing God has appointed the relationships in our lives 
to draw us and them ever closer to Him. The good life, well, it starts with a good day, then another, then another. Let's choose to live the good day, one day at a time.